Hi, welcome. This is Dr. Jacqueline from the Wellness Trinity. Thank you for joining our podcast. I am a naturopathic doctor and owner of the Wellness Trinity, where we provide natural solutions for modern day wellness. Just a little disclaimer before we get started. What we discuss in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. What you do with the information is to be used at your discretion as the recommendations are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. So today I'm really excited because I have a special guest on here. She was my iridology teacher at Hippocrates Health Institute. And to me, I, that was like a foreign language when I first learned it. I had no idea what iridology was, but I had actually no idea, um, you know, the amazing person that was teaching me at the same time too. And that is Ellen Jensen. She is the daughter-in-law of Bernard Jensen, who is one of the pioneers in iridology. And I am so excited to have her. So I'm going to start with her bio. She is a graduate of Appalachian State University, University of New York, Mexico, Westbrook University, and the Open International University. She has studied and worked in the field of iridology, nutrition, and natural healing methods for 30 years. She is a certified to teach certification classes by the International Iridology Practitioners Association, or IIPA. Having taught numerous classes with Dr. Bernard Jensen, she is certified to teach iridology and signed certifications by him. For two years, Tart Jensen studied natural healing methods at the Persura Natural Health Clinic in Switzerland. For five years, she wrote articles, edited books, analyzed iris slides, traveled and lectured with Dr. Bernard Jensen. Tart Jensen taught iridology at Howard Medical University and directed a research study on iris science and diabetes for Winston-Salem State University and Howard Medical University. She has a busy practice, lifestyle counseling services, where she uses a state-of-the-art, high-powered digital camera to photograph eyes. She receives iris photographs by email from around the world to be analyzed. Ellen served as a president of the International Iridology Practitioners Association, IIPA, for seven years and continues to serve on the certification and standards committee as the advisor of board of directors. In 2012, she was presented with the Iridologist of the Year Award by the IIPA and in 2015, the Master Iridologist Award by the Taiwan International Iridology Medical Association, TIIMA. Tart Jensen is Vice President of Bernard Jensen International and works together with her husband, Art Jensen, owner. She teaches classes in iridology, nutrition, herbology throughout the world. She teaches iridology and nutrition for the Health Educators Program at the world-renowned Hippocrates Institute in Florida three times per year. Ellen Tart Jensen authors courses for and is director of dissertation research in iridology for the University of Natural Medicine. She is the author of Health is Your Birthright Through the Eyes of Master, a history of iridology, techniques in iris analysis, balancing body chemistry through iridology and nutrition, the simplified guide to iridology, body works, and very ginger. She has created many instructional DVDs and CDs on iridology, nutrition, natural health for children and cleansing. So without further ado, welcome, Ellen. 
Well, I'm very glad to be here with you, Jacqueline. Yeah, wow, that's an amazing biography. And, uh, you know, I know you've been around in, in this field for a very long time. So is there anything that I missed? <laughs> no, I think you did a very good job. Okay, well, so we're going to talk about vibrant health through iridology and nutrition. So why don't we first start with what is iridology and how is it used? Okay, iridology is the study of the iris of the eye. The iris is the colored portion of the eye around the pupil. And hundreds of years ago, doctors were looking in their patients' eyes and after seeing hundreds of people with markings in a certain area, uh, for example, three o'clock in the left iris, they drew a map of it. So iridology is the study of the structure the color and the markings of the iris of the eye and how they connect to the organs and glands and body systems through nerves and reflex response. Each iris has 28,000 nerve endings that go to all parts of the body. And the border of the pupil, which is the border around the black hole, is live nerve tissue that connects through the optic nerve to the spinal cord that goes out to all parts of the body. And so through the eyes, and we also look at the whites of the eyes, the border of the pupil, the eyelids, we look at many different areas of the eyes to tell what's going on with the health of the body. Okay, so can you tell us a little history about it? And where did it come from? Iridology started many, many years ago. We ha even have research findings of it in ancient Egypt in the tombs of some of the kings. Uh, we also have research from iridology from um, ancient China and Germany. We also know that Hippocrates said, behold the eyes, behold the body in 460 BC. But we, we credit a lot of the history and the first iris map that was ever drawn to Ignaz von Pexley, who was a doctor in Budapest, Hungary. And he looked at hundreds of patients and started drawing a map based on what their symptoms were and what the markings were in the eyes. So he's credited with having drawn the very first iridology map. And around the world, many people were drawing maps of the eyes, and they didn't know each other. And later, when Bernard Jensen pulled them all together, we found that they were very, very similar. And then Bernard Jensen saw over 300,000 people's eyes, and I studied with him for many, many years. He's known as the father of iridology in this country, and that's because during the uh, World War One and World War Two. a lot of the research in Europe was not uh, allowed to come over here. So he was doing his own research here. And so iridology has a rich history and there were many, many iridologists that actually, um, they actually were in prison. They they went They went to all odds to be able to bring this science to our world. And so I'm very fortunate to have these people that went before me, and all of us are, because these, there are books written now, we have charts, 
and all of it because of their sacrifice for this field. Wow, that's amazing. I mean, even now, it's uh, you know, you're hearing a lot of people about that are in this field having a tough time with government and different agendas, and you know, I just I can totally empathize that this was not easy to come about and you know what a blessing it is that we do have this and, and that you're able to carry it on I and mean, you're so passionate about doing this. Well there were some doctors uh, during World War II, Dr. Joseph Deck and Dr. Joseph Ongerer and they that was when they weren't able to use MRIs or CT scans and they were able to look in the eyes to see what was going on with the health of the person and so they they recorded some amazing books with their work and so we still have those books and we're continuing to research today I'm working with uh, the Taiwan Institute of Iridology and the Medical Association in Taiwan and we're studying uh, iris signs there and we also have done research through Howard Medical Institute on the pancreas and diabetes Dr. Daniele Lorito of Italy is doing lots of research over there, and he actually used colored lights to shine into various portions of the iris that then uh, were able to heal the organs that are connected through the iris. For example, the thyroid gland is uh, reflected in the iris, and when he's shown these special lights called iridotherapy into the thyroid tissue areas of the iris, it actually affected healing on the thyroid. And he did the same with the kidneys and other areas. So through that work, we have confirmed a lot of the areas that are signs within the iris that connect to different parts of the body. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of, I know of color therapy. I just, I never... Uh, knew about using color therapy in your iris, so that's that's new to me. But that's awesome that you can use things like that to heal your thyroid and, and other areas of the body. It's quite amazing. Uh, it's called iridotherapy, and Dr. Daniele Lorito, who is a medical doctor in Italy, and Dr. Fregnet of France did the pioneering research on it, and it's being practiced now. Um, so it, it, there is a possibility, and it just shows again and confirms how all the different areas of the eyes are connected to different parts of the body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So but there's a lot more about the eyes. I mean, we can see constitution through the eyes. For example, after uh, questioning thousands of people with dark brown eyes, two-thirds of the world have dark brown eyes. Uh, they found that those people in general genetically tended to have difficulties with their blood, such mm -hmm. as anemia, sickle cell anemia, thin blood, thick blood, blood sugar issues. Um, in general, genetically, these people uh, are from the warmer regions of the world where the sun is much brighter, so they developed more pigment over the iris of the eye. Mm -hmm. and. And genetically, they tend to have things go on with their blood or blood sugars. So we work with them to help prevent that. And then the blue-eyed people are the minority in the world. There are only 5% in the world that are true blue-eyed people. And they come from the colder regions of the world where there wasn't much sun. 
and so they didn't need to develop as much pigment over their eyes. But what we have found in these people, after questioning thousands of blue-eyed people, we found that they tend to have conditions with their lymph system, which if they eat a lot of gluten, cow dairy, and sugar, their sinuses become congested, they start having aching joints, and congestion in the lymph fluid in general. So we found a lot through genetics through the eyes, and the eyes that are mixed, these are people that are born to blue-eyed and brown-eyed parents. Their eyes are kind of a mixed eye, and they're light brown. Some people would think they're green from the naked eye, but if we look at them with a high-powered microscope, we can see that they're a mixture of blue and brown. And these people genetically tend to have conditions with digestion, uh, problems with digesting their food, absorbing their food, uh, problems with liver congestion, how the liver is processing the iron in the body, or how the liver is processing the fats in the body, or the hormones in the body. A lot of people don't realize that the liver processes so many things. And if the liver becomes congested, then we have a problem with digestion. Women may have a problem with hot flashes or um, aching with their periods, cramping with their periods. And all of this comes from liver congestion, the liver not processing the hormones properly. And then a lot of those people uh, have a really hard time eating fatty foods and fried foods, which we shouldn't be eating anyway that they're going to feel even more sick because their liver isn't processing all that. Mm, yeah. So, so we can that, see a lot through genetics in the eyes. Yeah. Well, that's what draws me to iridology. And um, we were chatting off air and I, you know, I, I do, I'm interested at the, in learning more about it because well, one, <laughs> so many people are interested in this topic, but, Two, um, the genetic signs that you can see is, you know, it's great. It's great that you can, we can see things that we might be predisposed to and be able to design programs that are around what we are predisposed to, any challenges that, that um, you know, we might have some weaknesses toward naturally because yeah. of our genetics. Yeah, because we have also found that if the fibers, so the eyes are made of fibers, which are actually blood vessels wrapped in a sheet and there are just uh, thousands of those that go around the eye and those are uh, iris fibers and when they're very tightly woven together they almost look like silk cloth when we look at the eyes with magnification and we find that those people when they're born with really tight straight fibers with no devi no deviations we find that those people genetically resist illness more easily and they bounce back from illness when they do get sick more easily. They don't have um, bruising as often or problems with um, weak connective tissues such as hemorrhoids or that kind of thing. Their fiber structure tends to be really, really tight and really strong. So if we see a child that has those tight fibers, we know that they have a stronger constitution. But if we see a child or an adult and the fibers are very loose, they look more like um, 
a, a loosely woven fishnet and the fibers are very loose throughout the eyes, we know that those people are going to have their challenges and we need to support them. For example, we need to counsel them not to go into a job of heavy construction or perhaps standing on your feet all day because they tend to have varicose veins more easily, hemorrhoids more easily, hernias more easily, sway backs. They tend to break their bones more easily or bruise more easily. So these people need extra nutritional support with things like um, bioflavonoids, which comes from vitamin C, or silicon, which is a mineral that actually is in oat straw tea or horsetail herb. That silicon, the mineral, uh, helps to strengthen tissue, and so does bioflavonoids, especially the bioflavonoid rutin. If if people have hemorrhoids, rutin is quite helpful, or if they have varicose veins. And I actually like to have people use uh, cabbage juice. If they just juice cabbage, that's high in bioflavonoids, and that helps to knit and mend uh, tissues like varicose veins. When I worked in the clinic in Europe, we would pulverize cabbage in a blender with raw apple cider vinegar and put a little ginger in it and make a poultice for varicose veins and wrap, put it on the legs and wrap the legs and elevate the legs. And that helps to tighten those blood vessels. So cabbage, and if a person has um, a burning stomach, an acid stomach, and cabbage has been used traditionally for a long time in helping people with ulcers. So if we can see the eyes and see if they have really loose fibers, we can start working to um, strengthen their bodies way ahead of time before they have a concern. Mm, yeah. Would you mind if we touch back on, you were mentioning the colors of the eyes and how they, uh, like the, the brown eye, for example, tends to have blood disorders and blood sugar challenges. Mm -hmm. What would you do in that situation? Well, if you have a tendency for um, anemia, for example, that's one of the blood disorders, you'd want to work to strengthen and build the blood. And we do that with the amazing plant substance called chlorophyll. And chlorophyll is almost identical to our human blood, except for the green chlorophyll factor. And one of my favorite sources of pure chlorophyll is wheatgrass juice. And people can drink a couple of ounces of wheatgrass juice twice a day, and that's a wonderful way to build the blood if they're anemic. Another way are some of the plant uh, herbal uh, irons, such as yellow dock or burdock. Those are high in natural iron. Dark, tart cherries are also very high in iron. And all of your deep green, leafy greens can be blended or juiced, and those are wonderful for helping to build the blood. So building the blood that way will help them to prevent what they are genetically have a predisposition for, which is anemia. Mm. And also they have a problem absorbing iron. So with these plant-based sources, it's going to absorb much more easily. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would rather use a plant-based source than a synthetic myself, too. Definitely, because if you use a, a chemical iron or a synthetic iron, it's going to turn the teeth yellow, it's going to cause constipation, um, all kinds of problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so when a person has a blue eye and they are more predisposed to lymph challenges, what do you do for the lymph? Well, the lymph is the clear fluid that, it, so we have our blood, which is one fluid, and the heart pumps the blood through all the vessels, arteries, capillaries, and veins. But the lymph fluid flows in a separate system, and that is the clear fluids of the body. That lines the sinuses. You can you have lymph fluid in your saliva. It lines your joints. It's in the lymph nodes. And the only way that moves, the only thing that moves that lymph is exercise, skin brushing, and massage. So we one of the most important things for the blue-eyed lymphatic type individual is moving getting out and moving the body because those lymph nodes are positioned uh, along the joints so that when we move, we're squeezing those lymph nodes and pumping that lymph around. If we don't move the lymph, it becomes stagnant, acidic, and congested. So we have to move the body in order to move that fluid. That's one thing. Jumping on a mini trampoline is a wonderful way to move the lymph. Another way is skin brushing, brushing the skin because the lymph flows right underneath the skin. And when you start brushing your skin from the bottoms of your feet all the way up your legs towards your heart, the lymph dumps out right below the heart, or brush from the tips of your fingers up your arms, over your shoulders, down towards your heart, that's going to go a long way in moving that lymph and keeping it flowing healthfully. But the other thing you need to do is to stay away from the foods that congest the lymph. And those are sticky, gluey foods. For example, sugar is number one. Sugar is very, very sticky. And a lot of our sodas have 12 teaspoons of sugar in them. And so many young people are just drinking tons of sodas every day, so they must stay away from sugar. And sugars in cakes and pies and candies and also in hidden foods. So you just have to read labels and stay away from sticky uh, sugar. Sugar can be very addictive to people because sugar is so refined. I know when I was teaching in Costa Rica, I could go out in the field and they would chop off a piece of sugar cane and I could eat it like an apple. And it has all the fiber and nutrients in it to help process that sugar. But people have taken the sugar cane and just stripped it of everything nutritious and refined out that pure white sugar. So there's nothing that comes with it to help you digest it or utilize it. And so it doesn't have any vitamins or minerals in it. So when people take sugar into their bodies, it actually calls on the vitamins and minerals that are already in the body and drains you of your vitamins and minerals just to process that sugar. And in addition, sugar feeds viruses, funguses, mold in the body, allergies. It feeds bacteria. 
So if you have any tendency towards sickness at all, sugar is just going to feed it and make it worse. So I highly recommend that people stay away from refined white sugar. And that glues up the clear fluids. The other thing that's very sticky in the lymph is uh, dairy. So cow's milk has huge molecules in it. And cow's milk is very gluey and pasty. It has in it what's called casein that they make furniture glue with. And so it's, if it's going to make glue, it's very pasty. So it's going to cause a lot of congestion. Some people become congested just drinking a glass of milk. So they know right away that it's causing a problem. The other thing to stay away from for lymphatic types is gluten. And gluten is very gluey and pasty, especially in wheat, rye, and barley. And those grains, I know when I was a child, we used to make paste with white flour and water. And it would glue old paper dolls together really well or whatever we were gluing. So those three foods, uh, gluten, dairy, and sugar are very, very pasty and gluey. So I recommend for all lymphatic types, I don't agree with it for anyone, but especially the lymphatic blue eyes, they're going to feel so much better if they leave off those three things in their diets and get their exercise and do their skin brushing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Isn't celery juice good for that clear fluid too? You know what? That's my favorite thing for lymphatic types because celery juice is almost identical in mineral composition to the clear fluid in the body. So that clear fluid actually uh, flows along uh, underneath the skin and lines the joints, and its responsibility is to keep us lubricated, to keep our joints flowing easily. And its other responsibility is to hold minerals in the bone. So what ends up happening is when we get a congested lymph, you can think about a river that flows through a farm and all the chemicals that they spray on the crops got into the water. Um, when that lymph gets congested and becomes acidic, then you're going to have a lymph fluid that starts pulling minerals out of the bone because it's trying to buffer itself. It's trying to find minerals to become alkaline rather than acidic. Mm -hmm. So the things that cause the lymph fluid to become acidic are uh, all meats are acidic, all grains are acidic, unless they're sprouted, and also um, all the things we've talked about, the dairy, the gluten, the sugar, are very, very acidic. The other thing that's very acidic is stress. So when we're stopped at a stoplight and we're uh, racing, our hearts are racing, we're racing on the inside because we're anxious that we're going to be late for a meeting, we're pumping adrenaline. And that adrenaline produced from our adrenal glands is not really needed in that moment because we're just sitting quietly. We need our adrenaline when the house is burning down and we need to lift the child out or whatever. but. Whenever we're going to a meeting, we don't need it. 
And yet mankind has just become so anxious and so stressed today. They are producing way too much adrenaline at, for, you know, because they're anxious and they're stressed. And that adrenaline becomes, it, it causes extreme acidity in the lymph fluid. So when the lymph fluid becomes really acidic, it's going to try to alkalinize itself. So it pulls the minerals out of the bone and then it, it might deposit them in the kidneys. And the first thing you know, you've got kidney stones or it might deposit them in the gallbladder and you have gallstones. You can even get stones in the liver. So when the lymph fluid is pulling all those minerals out of the bone, people can also get osteoporosis, osteopenia, um, osteoarthritis, and arthritis because the bone is becoming weaker and weaker as that lymph tries to buffer itself, just pulling those minerals out. And sometimes it even places crystals in the joints and the joints become swollen and very tender. So that's one of the number one causes of arthritis is acidic lymph fluid. And the, one of the number one things to help the lymph is celery juice. It's just phenomenal. So you can drink um, 8 to 12 ounces first thing every morning of pure celery juice. And that's going to really help buffer your lymph, put alkalinity back into your lymph. But also celery juice helps to repair the enzymes in the digestive tract. And we've even found that it has antiviral and antibacterial properties. So celery juice, first thing in the morning, if you have any of these concerns, uh, osteoarthritis, arthritis, osteopenia, uh, kidney stones, gallstones, it's only going to be helpful to help alkalinize the lymph so it can put the minerals back in the bone where it belongs. Wow, that's incredible. So I love how you touched on stress. That's something that I always talk about with my clients and myself. <laughs> as uh -huh. well and so yeah. just to recap, so you're saying that stress causes your lymphatic system to become acidic and it causes your lymph to pull out minerals from the bone to buffer that acidity, which then can lead to kidney, liver, and gallstones, as well as joint crystals, which would be end up being arthritis. Yes, and osteoporosis. And osteoporosis, yeah. Weakened bones, which can cause a, a hunched back or a sway back. And so many times people are, um, you know, I've, I've heard women say that they fell and broke a bone, but many times the bone breaks and causes them to fall because mm -hmm. they have such a weakened uh, skeletal system. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. I, I mean, I knew stress was the root of a lot of, most people's health challenges, whether it's a toxic, physical, mental, emotional, whatever type of stress it is. But I never thought of like life stress causing gallstones, for example. I, I well, it's, it directly is a link to it because if that lymph becomes acidic, it's just going to start pulling all those minerals out of where they need to be and depositing them into areas they don't need to be. Hmm. Okay. Okay, so what do you do? Um, you said for the mixed eye, they tend to have liver and probably gallbladder is in that category too if they can't digest fat too well. 
Right. And the thing, the other thing that really causes gallstones is sugar. And that's because the bile that flows, uh, it's made in the liver and deposited in the gallbladder and injected into the small intestines. And that needs to be alkaline and, and flowing freely. But if people eat a lot of sugar it gets, or gluten or dairy, it gets really sticky in the liver and gallbladder. And it just sticks up the bile and hardens, and that becomes stones as well. Mm. And so the, the mixed eye that has a tendency for liver, gallbladder, and digestive issues, they really need to stay away from uh, gluten, dairy, and sugar as well as working with their digestion, with proper eating, uh, getting plenty of high plant-based uh, diet with lots of enzymes. It's digestive enzymes that are in the, the plant-based diet that are so wonderful for helping the liver to process and helping stones not to form there. Mm. Yeah. So what else do you do for, um, you said that the mixed eye also has to do with the hormones and digestion. Yes. So a, a mixed eye person, for example, if they hadn't seen their iridologist and it was a girl and she started her period when she was 12, 13, 14 and she was having severe cramps. Well, more than likely, she was eating a lot of junk food as a child, which was congesting the liver. So by the time it came time for her to have her period, and she already had a genetically weakened liver in the first place, by the time she starts her period, that liver is not processing the estrogen properly. So then the estrogen doesn't go on out of the body. It comes back in and causes inflammation and cramping and bloating and pain and possibly um, a very heavy period or thick blood clots. So getting that girl on a really good plant-based diet with lots of salads and dark greens, uh, high in enzymes and sprouts is, is going to help cleanse that liver so that she begins to process her hormones much better. And then we can use things like um, minerals, because uh, plant-based minerals, and you can get a lot of those in raw vegetable juices, but the minerals help to relax the smooth muscles of the abdomen to prevent the cramping with the period. So, you know, sometimes raw vegetable juices will be enough, or I might recommend a really good plant-based, um, calcium magnesium with trace minerals because they have have they're, they're not absorbing their minerals for one thing it's not processing well through the liver and if they've had a lot of stress they could have drained a lot of their minerals so minerals help a lot with preventing cramps during menstruation the other thing that helps a lot to regulate menstruation is vitamin E so I like to use um, a sunflower-based vitamin E or an e evening primrose oil. And those, if women are skipping a period or um, sometimes they skip more than one, 
uh, a good vitamin E or evening primrose oil a couple of times a day can help to regulate the periods because it works with the liver to help it process the estrogen better. Hmm. Well, I didn't know that the vitamin E did that. Wow. With, to help process estrogen better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where does the thyroid fit in all this? Well, we can see the thyroid area in the iris of the eye, and if the fibers are really separated in that area, we can know that they have a genetic deficiency in the first place in the thyroid area. And so if we see that in the eyes, we want to ask questions that have to do with the thyroid. The thyroid is uh, in the throat area, and it has a very, very big job. The thyroid is a gland that helps to regulate metabolism, how we digest, circulation, how the blood flows around the body. It helps to regulate hormones and many, many things. So if the thyroid is low, many times our circulation is very poor and we get cold hands and feet, or we're cold in general. Now, the thing that a lot of people don't realize about the thyroid is that the T4 hormone that it produces is sent to the liver to be processed into T3. And if the liver is congested, that's not happening. So many times when I see a, a genetic problem in the thyroid, there also be a problem in the liver area as well. So I work with both of those together, uh, cleansing the liver and balancing the thyroid. One of the best foods for the thyroid is seaweed. And mm -hmm. we want to get seaweeds from the cold waters of perhaps Nova Scotia or Maine or Norway, where there, you know, there's been little or no radiation in those areas. And the seaweed there, when it's been dried, um, we can dehydrate it in dehydrator and eat lots of it on our salads is high in natural iodine and the thyroid cannot function without natural iodine. It really needs the iodine to function properly. So eating plenty of seaweed is something we all should be doing because if there is any uh, radiation in the atmosphere from any radioactive fallout, the, it, it, actually tries to, it affects the thyroid, and if we have iodine, it will help to protect it from the radiation. So we need plenty of seaweed to support the thyroid. If the thyroid tends to be low, and if you have cold hands and feet, other symptoms of low thyroid are hair falling out, eyebrows falling out, fatigue, problems with the period, skin disorders, fungus on the toes. Because if the thyroid is very, very weak and we're not, the blood's not circulating to the extremities like it should, the blood's not getting to the toes to carry nutrients in and take toxins out, can cause severe fungus on the toes. And so, so many of my clients will say, how can a problem up here in my throat be causing fungus on my toes? Well, it's very simple because if you are not having the circulation of blood that you need, which is what is helped by the thyroid, then you're going to end up getting fungus on the toes. 
so we we not only want to work with the fungus by soaking your feet in water and raw apple cider vinegar will help that fungus tremendously or apply applying colloidal silver on the toes or tea tree oil but you also want to make sure you're getting the seaweed to feed your thyroid so that the metabolism is working better. Now, there's a wonderful, simple way that people can test their thyroid, and that is um, the Broda Barnes temperature test. And Dr. Broda Barnes researched thyroid for 30 years of his career. And that book can be Usually it's in the library or it can be purchased. It's called Hypothyroidism by Dr. Broda Barnes. And what he found in all of his years of research is that this little underarm temperature test tells us a lot more about what's going on with the thyroid many times than the blood work will. So when a woman is menstruating, she'll need to take this test on the second day of menstruation. If a person's not in menstrual cycles, uh, if it's a menopausal woman or a man, they can test uh, any time under the arms. So what the person should do is take a thermometer and put it by the bed at night. So in the morning, they don't have to get up and move around to look for the thermometer, they just reach over and put it under their arm. So if that thermometer um, registers between 97.8 and 98.2, that's normal uh, temperature for the thyroid. If it's below 97.8, that's on the low thyroid function side. So what I have them do is to take that test for six days in a row, and you take it first thing in the morning, and I have them do the right arm the first day, the left arm the second day, and then alternate arms until the six days are up and record it. And if they have um, more than, if they have two days or more of low temperature, lower than 97.8, they really need to start getting some extra seaweed into their program. It's even available in capsule forms such as kelp or dulse capsules, um, in addition to having it on their salad. But when they start doing that, um, that's going to help improve the thyroid function and the circulation. And then a month later, they should test again until it's between 97.8 and 98.2. Now, if their temperature tests higher than 98.2 or if they are losing weight rapidly and if they're very, very anxious and nervous all the time with rapid heartbeat, the thyroid could be over-functioning, and we call that hyperactive thyroid. So if that's happening, then you want to use something like uh, lemon balm, which is a wonderful herb for soothing the thyroid. Uh, bugleweed, bugleweed is very soothing. And uh, mother's wart. And they even have uh, combinations of that in the natural markets today between lim lemon balm, bugleweed, and mother wart. Uh, for soothing the thyroid and those things don't hurt you. They actually calm the nerves and help you to feel more balanced. 
So if a person is having hyperthyroid, those are most helpful. But I do recommend if a person has a blood test, many times they, the doctors only test the thyroid stimulating hormone or the TSH. But what we want to have them do is test the, do that thyroid panel with the TSH, T3, T4, and uh, the thyroid antibodies, the TPO. If they do that, then we'll be able to see a more well-rounded picture of what's happening with the thyroid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I definitely, in Las Vegas, I'm seeing a lot of people test on their hair mineral tests with uranium, which oh, yeah. is a form of radiation. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's no wonder that people's thyroid are low. That and the iodine and selenium and all that being low in our soils and in our food supply. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have to, if you're not getting that, you're going to have to supplement it. Selenium helps prevent cancer. And selenium is a very important mineral that is lost with high uranium in the body. Mm. Okay. Okay, great. So why don't we move on to the skin? Mm-hmm. Well, the skin, uh, we, we see the, the, um, the tendencies for uh, genetic skin imbalances in the, around the outer circle of the iris. So it's interesting, the iris, we actually see the, um, the head area reflected in the top of the iris, the feet and legs in the bottom, the digestive tract in the middle around the pupil. It's almost like a little hologram uh, window, but the skin's around the outer edge, just like it's around the outer edge of the body. So if that area in the iris is really, really dark, um, then we need to start supporting the skin. And the main mineral element for the skin is silicon. For example, if you see um, some beautiful horses out in the field and they have shiny coats, they're probably eating a lot of uh, oat straw. And that oat straw is very, very high in silicon. So that is one way that we can get our silicon is if we order oat straw from a, a reputable organic, uh, holistic place that carries good herbs. But oat straw, we can make that into a very nice tea where it doesn't come in nice tea bags. You just have to put boil like a quart of water and put in four teaspoons of the straw and turn the burner, uh, you know, off and let it simmer for half an hour and then strain it and you have a delicious oat straw tea that's high in uh, natural silicon, which is wonderful for the skin, hair, and the fingernails. So working with the skin that way is one of the finest ways to help to strengthen the skin. But another important element for the skin is um, essential fatty acids. So I really like clary, sage omega-3. Clary sage oil is a wonderful oil that's being brought to this country by Brian Clement uh, who founded Hippocrates and it can be ordered through Hippocrates clary sage oil capsules and that is just so one it's, it's just such a wonderful um, vegan source 
of omega-3 and so pure and it nourishes the skin, it lubricates the skin, it helps um, the joints, it helps the eyes. So we really need good omegas for the skin. And if a person is having um, rashes on the skin or outbreaks on the skin, there's a good possibility that the kidneys are congested or the digestive tract because the skin is actually the third kidney and it outlines the outer whole, our whole outer body. It's our largest organ of elimination. But if the kidneys are not throwing toxins out the way they should be, the skin will try to take up the job of the kidneys and throw the toxins out through the skin. So the person can end up with all kinds of rashes on the skin or outbreaks on the skin or pustules or boils on the skin. So cleansing the kidneys is, is very important, having a clean, healthy digestive tract and healthy kidneys. And a really good tea to help the kidneys is juniper berry tea. It helps to flush the kidneys clean. Um, another really good thing for the kidneys is if you have organic corn silk, the silk that's on corn, and just make a tea with that. But make sure you only get organic because most corn is genetically modified these days. But that corn silk is very soothing and very healing for the kidneys. Parsley is one of my favorite plants for the kidneys because it's so high in potassium. And the kidneys need potassium in order to function. So parsley can be added to salads. It can be blended in smoothies. It can be juiced. And it's just fabulous for cleansing the kidneys. And when you cleanse your kidneys, you're going to automatically be uh, cleansing and improving the skin. So if there's a bacteria or a virus, uh, such as shingles, it's caused by the herpes zoster virus, a shingles outbreak on the skin, we may need to take some more drastic measures to help um, you know, help eliminate that virus. So traditionally, some of the most wonderful herbs to help eliminate viruses, and the one I like the most is olive leaf. And olive leaf can help a lot to build the immune system and help get rid of certain viruses. A really good colloidal silver can be helpful too because a good silver smothers bacteria, viruses, and funguses in the body. Another one's caprylic acid, which comes from coconut. And caprylic acid um, kills viruses, bacteria, and fungus. And the other one is grapefruit seed extract, which just is an extract of grapefruit seed, which also kills uh, viruses, bacteria, and fungus. So these, a person really needs to see their naturopath or their iridologist to help them uh, decide, but you can't go wrong with a good olive leaf um, for boosting the immunity and working with viruses. Um, if it's acne on the face, we absolutely have to work on cleaning the colon and the liver because a lot of times acne is a hormonal imbalance and the liver has to process the hormones. So working with the uh, cleansing the liver with a lot of different bitter greens, 
any arugula, cilantro, parsley, um, kale, chard, all of those are really great greens in salads that clean the liver and will help it to start processing hormones better. The other thing a person can do for acne is make a paste. So after they've used an organic soap and washed the face really well with a good hot uh, lather um, to open the pores, and they wash their face and rinse with warm water, they can actually make a paste with the herb called golden seal. You just break open the capsules and mix the golden seal with a little bit of colloidal silver and make a paste and just paste it onto the area until it dries and leave it on for about half an hour and that helps to draw and pull impurities out of the pores so that's a really good treatment that's also a really good um, protocol for uh, ringworm and ringworm on the skin is not a worm it's actually um, a fungus so we can take golden seal mix it with a little colloidal silver and paste it onto the it looks like a little round red circle paste it right on there and put a bandage over it leave it on for 24 hours take it off and wash it and then apply again and that's going to take one to two weeks to help get rid of uh, the ringworm that comes onto the skin Hmm. Wow. But one of my favorite things for itching in general is just witch hazel. And witch, ha witch hazel is clear. You can get it in the health food store. It's been used for ages for any type of itching on the skin, uh, rashes on the skin. It's just wonderful for, um, for tightening up the pores of the skin. Like after you you know, do the mask for the acne. You can put witch hazel on there to tighten up the pores. Helps relieve itching, and it's just a wonderful thing for the skin is witch hazel. Nice. Well, thank you for sharing all that. I'm sure that a lot of people listening to this are, you know, we all like to have nice skin, and then, and then of course, when we have things like ringworm, of course, that is not something that people want to be dealing with either. And itchiness. I have clients too that are dealing with itchiness, and that's really unpleasant as well too. Yeah, and that witch hazel, witch hazel or raw apple cider vinegar can help stop itching pretty quickly. Yeah. So why don't you tell us about some of the books that you've written? Okay. Well, I've written a book called Health is Your Birthright, How to Create the Health You Deserve. And that book is to help people learn which foods to leave off and which foods to replace with. It will tell them how to take the thyroid test that I've just given you. It'll tell them how to test their pH to see if their lymph is acidic or alkaline. It will also give them uh, meal plans, recipes. It will tell them all the different herbs and how to prepare herbal teas and tell you what those herbs are helpful for in the body. It will tell you specific exercises and therapies um, for the body and all kinds of baths and poultices. For example, the cabbage poultice I was telling you about for the varicose veins. A good onion poultice once in a while if, if a person has a bronchitis or problems on their chest, you can bake onions and put on there. It's just 
full of all kinds of informative information. It's got from A to Z every ailment and natural therapies that have helped those ailments. It tells about uh, every mineral and every vitamin and what it does in the body and foods that you can get them from. And it also tells a lot about how to cleanse the body. And I have several case studies uh, of my clients that have been through things like vertigo or depression or skin problems or psoriasis or allergies, um, kidney and bladder infections, and what was done to assist those. So that's that book. And my other book is Techniques in Iris Analysis, textbook for iridology. And I wrote that book. It is quite a textbook with beautiful colored pictures of the eyes with very clear arrows pointing to the signs with descriptions on exactly what those mean to the health of the body. And then the, all the constitutions, the genetic constitutions that we can see in the eyes and foods that can help each one of those. So if a person wants to learn iridology, this textbook tells you everything for iridology certification from the beginning all the way to the advanced. Yeah. Well, what I like about, um, you mentioned the first book, it sounds like you can almost, it's like becoming your own doctor. Well, we want to be proactive and responsible for our health. And really and truly, we live in our bodies. And just to expect our doctors to give us a drug and expect that problem to heal completely, many times is not proactive to actually taking care of ourselves. So, you know, sometimes an antibiotic may be needed or whatever, but many times, for example, um, I've had clients that just kept taking antibiotics for kidney infections and they kept coming back and coming back and coming back. So they didn't really know how to nourish their bodies to help rebuild and repair the kidney. Mm, yeah. So how, um, if somebody wants to get certified by you, how would they go about that? Well, um, they may go on my website, www.bernardjensen.com or myinfiniteiris.com, and they will see my textbooks, and I have many, many DVDs. Um, I even have DVDs for families to study and learn um, what to do to take care of their health and their children. But if they want to study and become certified in iridology, I have a nine DVD set that was filmed in the classroom and it takes you from the beginning to the end for certification and it comes with a notebook and they'll be able to study at home and they can email me and I'll give you my email address. It's Ellen, E-L-L-E-N, at LifestyleCouncil, C-O-U-N-S-E-L dot com to ask me any questions and I'll mentor them through it and they will be eligible to sit for the iridology certification exam through IPA or the International Iridology Practitioners Association. Or they may come out and take a course from me. I teach one live every June in the San Diego area. 
Okay, great. So whether somebody is trying to do this as a profession or use it in their practice, or they just want to learn from their family, you have resources for both is what you're saying. Yes, they don't. If they're just doing it for their family, they don't necessarily have to become, uh, you know, professional and certified, but they can go on the website and find lots of tools to help them to know, um, like I have my little booklet and CD called Balancing Body Chemistry Through Iridology and Nutrition. Uh, there's many things for all different levels of people, just even for moms, natural health for children is available. I am just an educator and I have many, many um, educational materials and tools to help people learn what to do to stay healthy. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love your work and I love your talks and all the programs you put together that I've been able to be a part of. So I don't think you mentioned your website yet. It's www.bernardjensen.com. Okay. Okay. Is there, um, you know, actually, before we wrap it up, I, I, we did touch on the emotions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, at, uh, there's another study with the iris of the eye, and iridologists were um, studying the eyes, and after seeing thousands of people with certain patterns and asking them questions, they all had similar personalities with the same types of iris signs. And it's just fascinating because this whole study has been compared to the Myers-Briggs um, personality test is very, very accurate. So when we look in the eyes, we'll be able to tell if the person is more introverted or more extroverted, whether they are looking for a specific purpose in life, and also we can tell if they're more um, a visual learner or an auditory learner. This is so helpful with children, especially in the way they're learning in school. And we can tell if a person is uh, more creative or more detail-oriented. We can tell right brain creative or left brain analytical. We can tell whether they favor one hemisphere or the other. There are many, many patterns in the eyes that have really been researched clinically all over the world. And we found, I have found over the last 30 years, just amazing results with using the um, using the emotional analysis of the eyes. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I remember you use a lot of Bach flowers too with your clients as well. Yes, I like to use the Bach flowers or essential oils if we see imbalances in certain emotional areas. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I really appreciate your time again and, and that you've just given us such an abundance of information. I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this several times to <laughs> absorb it all as well as I'm sure the audience is really grateful for everything that you've given and you know I really encourage everyone that's listening to go ahead and um, go on her website and you know email her reach out to her if you uh, have any questions or want to be certified and you know want to learn more about what your your eyes are telling you there I always go back to that Bible verse that says that your eyes are the window to your soul so I think it's it's incredible how they really are. <laughs> they really are. They're like little computers, and we can see what's going on. And, and in the Bible, it did say the eyes are the windows of the soul. 
Yeah. So is there any last comments that you wanted to make, Ellen? Well, I just want everyone to know that it is my love and my passion to help people get well. And I love iridology because it is a non-invasive form of analysis. Uh, without needles, knives, or drugs, and those are necessary at times, but many times we can help people so well without having to use those things. And if anyone would ever like to uh, call me, um, they can call me at 760-736-0291 or 760-471-9977. I'm very available for people that want to learn more. Okay, well, thank you so much again for being with us on the show, Helen. You're most welcome, and thank you for all you're doing, Jacqueline. <laughs> thank you. Have a nice day. Bring education to the world. You as well. And if any of you are interested in learning more about having a consultation with me to discover what is at the root of your health and fitness challenges so you can live the best life that you can live and fulfill your callings and purpose in life, please visit thewellnesstrinity.com to learn more about our in-office and distant consultations. So